Welcome to Photo Taco, the only show with photography tips you can learn in the time it takes to eat a taco. Or perhaps a burrito. Photo Taco! Hey everybody, welcome into another episode of Photo Taco. Thanks for spending a few minutes of your day with me. My name is Jeff Harmon. I am the host of the podcast and I am so glad to have you listening. If you would do me a favor, I'd really love to have you subscribe and then more importantly, share. We have thousands of photographers listening every week to, what, to the episodes, but it's kind of hit of a bit of a plateau. And I need your help in getting more people to join and listen to the show. So if you would, if you like the episode, if it's something that was valuable to you, would be super helpful to me if you'd go share that on social media. Let people know that an episode helped you if it did. If it didn't, fair enough, no need to share, that's fine. But if it did, if you got something out of it, uh, share. It would really help me spread the word, grow the grow the audience, and keep the show going. I really would appreciate it. All right, let's jump into the, the episode this week. Matt Butner asked on the Facebook group, oh yeah, facebook.com slash groups slash photo taco. Join the group. If you're not, you're missing like half or more of the value of the show. Okay, Matt asked, what's the best practice for using OIS or IS image stabilization? I shoot Fuji and I've always left OIS on, but I've read that it should be turned off if the camera's on a tripod. I know some IS systems can detect the tripod automatically, but I'm not sure if Fuji lenses have that feature. Also, is it best to turn IS off when shooting very fast shutter speeds? I've read autofocus works better with IS off for things like motorsports or birds in flight. I've also read it affects battery life like a lot, which on the Fuji's a precious commodity. Yeah, <laughs> no kidding. It makes sense, just never thought about it. I'm gonna try if I remember to keep it off for everything except handheld shots at slow shutter speeds. Maybe I'll notice a difference. Matt, love the question. I've wanted to dig into this a lot more because I have my own experience to draw on and I have my own opinion, but uh, I really wanted to dig into this because I've heard both sides of the argument as well of what you were saying. Before we get into that, though, let's talk about what it is. I, I want to make sure I help our listeners who may not understand what's going on with image stabilization to define what it is, how it can help, and what it's doing. Image stabilization is something that camera makers came up a while ago to help kind of counteract our natural problem that we have hand-holding a camera. We shake. Um, we shake enough that as your shutter speeds get longer, you can become totally incapable of taking a sharp photo. And uh, even as a beginner, you've, you've hit this. You may not have understood exactly why your photo turned out blurry, uh, but you've, you've definitely seen this. And it can be challenging to understand if it was you shaking or if it was your subject moving. Image stabilization will do nothing to help with a subject that is moving, okay? That's gonna be something really important. I wanna say that again. If your subject is in motion, if you're trying to capture a shot of a bird in flight, a car moving, uh, a person running in, in athletics, something that is moving and moving fairly fast, it doesn't have to be super fast, but even fairly fast, um, image stabilization is not alone going to be able to help you get a sharp image of that person. They're going to simply, it, it's up to the shutter speed to help with that. That's how you address getting those. You have to increase 
your shutter speed. You have to make the shutter go faster in order to freeze them in motion. So image stabilization does nothing to help with that. It's trying to counteract your own shakiness, what you are doing to shake the camera, which is most of the time handheld. Okay. And the way it works, there's two kinds. There's in-lens and there's in-body stabilization. In-lens means that the lens has an ability to remove the elements of the lens just a little bit. The, the elements are kind of floating, if you will, inside the lens. And the camera uh, lens can take input from the camera. The camera can say, hey, the, the person holding this camera is shaking a little bit this direction. I need you to move the elements inside the lens that direction, kind of the exact opposite of where your hand is shaking the camera to. And so it communicates with the lens and, and is negotiating this really, really fast. And the lens will keep the elements trying to make it so that as the, the shutter is open, your whatever's in your frame will stay in exactly the same spot on the sensor as it did for the, for the whole duration of the shutter being open. Now, obviously, at huge shutter speeds, like one second, two second, I don't know, very quickly, when the sh shutter speeds are really long, there's just not nearly enough movement that that camera, those lens elements can do, and image stabilization will totally fail. It only helps in a, a really narrow range of sh slow shutter speeds, something where you're kind of violating the reciprocal rule. And we've talked about the reciprocal rule before, but I don't want to make everyone run through the podcast just to get a definition of something. So really quickly, reciprocal rule is that you should have a shutter speed at least as fast as kind of what your, um, your focal length is. Boy, struggle to come up with the word focal length. Yikes. Okay, so focal length. Let's example, if you're shooting 50 millimeters, okay, 50 millimeter lens, then you need to have a shutter speed of at least 50 or 1 50th of a second, since that's what 50, uh, 50 setting on your shutter speed means, 1 50th of a second. It's just a rough rule. That's for full frame. You should apply crop factor to it too if, you need, if you're shooting on a crop, but that's the rough rule. And if you're going less than that, if your shutter speed is slower than 50, then you'll need then adding image stabilization might make it so that you can still shoot something handheld. Now the reciprocal rule is not fail safe. Um, not everyone shakes the same. There's there's lots of variables that go into it so that you can't exact. I can't give you a specific range about okay this lens this is the shutter speed at which you need to turn. Make sure image stabilization is on. But that's what it's supposed to do. Now you kind of, I hope you can understand what it is that image stabilization is attempting to do. In lens means that the focus elements inside the lens that is bringing the light into the camera, they're kind of floating and the lens can respond to commands from the body to move those elements just slightly and try to maintain where the, the image is hitting the sensor uh, consistently. The other one is in body stabilization, and then it's the the sensor itself that is kind of floating inside the camera. And again, the camera will say, oh, I see you moving this way. I'm going to move the sensor that way. 
and completely counteract your movement. So that's the idea. That's what image stabilization can do. All right, now let's get to the argument then about whether it should be on all the time or not. The argument is that because the camera body is sending signals to have the elements move around to the lens or to the sensor, it could also send a false command. It could detect a movement or think it detects a movement that it needs to counteract when in fact there was no movement to counteract. And so it falsely told either the lens elements or the sensor to change and they moved and now what could have been a sharp image just became unsharp because it moved and it didn't need to. So the question is, is that a problem? Is that a problem in our cameras today? Now I've heard the argument about, oh no, 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 no. Camera makers figured this out a long time ago. Yeah, yeah, when they first introduced stabilization, they had trouble. They didn't know when to kind of automatically turn it on or off, but they solved that ages ago. We get, it's no problem in modern lenses. If you have a new lens and a new camera, don't need to worry about it, it's all taken care of. Heard that argument. I've also heard the argument of, yeah, they think they did. No, they didn't. It's still a processor analyzing some kind of signal and there's still room for error and you're still going to have misses on sharpness because you left it on when it didn't need to be on. And I'm inclined to believe with the latter. <laughs> As a software developer uh, who's dealt with sensors and I, I've, I've got a lot of experience dealing with very technical things. Yeah, I can see why this would be a tough thing to try to make work. Now tripod is one thing where I'm convinced they've done a pretty good job. I think that they've done enough and that analysis on that specific situation where your camera probably figures out pretty well now when it's on a tripod. At least when it's on solid ground, something where you're not moving. Now it would be really interesting and they probably react, I would guess that the, the different camera brands react differently in a situation where say you're in a helicopter and you're trying to handhold your camera. Should IS be on then? Should image stabilization be used then or not? And that's, that may be a case where you're just going to have to go use your camera and see. You might want to take some shots both ways, compare to see kind of the hit ratio of how many were sharp and weren't. And if you've never done it before and you're only going to do it once, that's a problem, right? That's, that's a real challenge. And maybe you need to try to emulate that before you get on that expensive helicopter to try to figure it out. I don't think there is a perfect answer to that specific question. But in general... I think for across the, the camera makers on modern equipment, if you have a, a fairly new, I don't know, five years or less, I, I'm not sure what time frame to say that I'd be comfortable that they nailed it. But I, I think on fairly new equipment, putting your tri your camera onto a tripod, it's gonna it's gonna know it's there. I'm pretty I'm betting Matt that your Fuji's gonna figure that out really well. It's, it's something that seems like it would be an easy problem to solve. They just needed to realize they need to solve it, and then they did. Now, for others, though, I just, there's too much variability, and I can't imagine that they've got it right all the time. I'm very confident that you have situations where having IS on is going to impact, negatively impact your hit ratio on sharpness. I pretty well can guarantee it. There's just too many things that can go wrong 
and too many things that they can't account for in some algorithm inside of silicon and a camera to make a silicon figure it out. Maybe they will someday. Maybe more data is being gathered all the time and and their engineering is is working through this better than I know. But I've done some research in it. I really think that there's high potential that it's a problem. And let me give you kind of a specific reason why I think you maybe at especially high shutter speeds, you might want to consider turning it off. And that's that the sample rate, how fast the communication can go between lens and body, or even in the body itself, how fast it can actually move the sensor around if it's um, in body stabilization, it has a certain sample rate, meaning it it kind of uses the sensors to detect your movements, your shakiness, every so often. Now, it's probably fairly high on some. I found some information for Nikon itself from 2010, and it was even updated in 2011, where they said the sample rate, according to an undisclosed Nikon source, so it's not in any documentation, nothing is specifically saying the sample rate that they had, but he talked to an insider. Um, and this this comes from an article um, on bythom.com, B-Y-T-H-O-M.com. It was last updated in June 7th, 2010. So it's dated, but I doubt it has changed a whole lot since then. He says that in talking with people, he's come to, to understand the sample rate that the body has is one one thousandth of a second. It can kind of use its sensors inside the body to figure out if you're moving every one one thousandth of a second. It kind of compares every one one thousandth of a second your movements. And then based on a couple of repeated movements, it will instruct the stabilization to happen, which means it has to send a communication either to the lens or to the the elements inside of the body to move the sensor. And that takes a little bit of time. So it really me it can only make adjustments about every one five hundredth of a second. It can only counteract things, in other words, at shutter speeds of one five hundredth of a second. Anything above that, and now the image stabilization could work against you. Doesn't mean it will. I have to be super clear about this. It doesn't mean you are guaranteed to have blurry photos at faster shutter speeds if you accidentally leave image stabilization turned on. Absolutely not. You're still going to get sharp photos a, a good portion of the time. But it could mean that the camera says, well, he's moving this direction. And by the time the message gets sent and the elements move, you your shutter speed has gone and you've moved in a different direction. And, and it's, it's causing you to have a problem where, like I said, the, the elements moved and they shouldn't have. That could be this a, a scenario that you could have. Another place it could really have an impact is affecting autofocus. Since autofocus really relies a lot on analyzing the image data that it's getting from the sensor in order to figure out how to do focus, if the elements are moving and, and the image kind of looks a little blurred to the autofocus system, yeah, you can make it so that autofocus just like, whoa, I don't know what's going on here. I can't focus. I don't know what's what's happening. Image stabilization could impact autofocus. It definitely impacts battery life. So that was part of your question, and it absolutely 100% does because 
there is a lot more that it has to reach out into the sensors. It's kind of like, you know, your phone. Let's te- talk about your smartphone. If you leave GPS on all the time, what happens? <laughs> yeah, the battery gets sucked out fast, right? It goes, you can almost watch the percentage points drop on your camera when your GPS is on. And that's because it had to fire up a sensor that takes battery and it happens to take a lot of battery in the case of GPS. And if you turn off the sensor, your phone battery lasts a lot longer. It's the similar kind of concept here. There are sensors that are involved with stabilization. And if they're on, they're taking battery. If they're off, they're not. Now, I haven't seen a huge difference on my Canon gear, uh, maybe because the battery life is good and maybe because I actually leave stabilization on a lot. But uh, if you're really worried about battery life, then this is an option. This is something you should try. You should test it out to see how dramatic the power draw is for leaving stabilization on all the times. It would be really interesting for your specific camera model to figure that out and determine if that's something you want to worry about. So, okay, kind of to review, stabilization helps you in the cases of slow shutter speeds, but only a small subset of slow shutter speeds. And so if it's really super slow, if it's uh, one second, uh, at least one second or more, then uh, it's not going to help you. It has no chance to compensate for how much you will shake in that amount of time. And at faster shutter speeds, it could be counterproductive. It might. And you probably, again, testing your specific camera to see kind of how it reacts may be a good idea. Doing it outside of some kind of pressure situation before you get on that expensive once-in-a-lifetime helicopter ride, go test it. Somehow try to test it. Stand on something that shakes a little bit and turn it on and see how your hit ratio is. See how your specific camera works before you decide how you're going to do it. Now, so my my final recommendation then, how do I think that you should handle stabilization, keeping it on all the time or not? Well, if you're not going to remember, if it's going to be a challenge for you to remember in that small subset of shutter speeds where it's going to actually really super help, if you're not going to remember to turn it on, the problem will be that you'll just completely miss those photos. You, you really don't have a whole lot of a chance to have sharp photos come out from those shutter speeds. And if you're not going to remember to flip it on when you reach the low light conditions where you need those shutter speeds and you still want to handhold the camera, then you probably should leave it on all the time. Because I don't think the impact at the other scenarios is so big that you're going to just like miss photos all the time. You're not going to come up with blurry, blurry photos constantly. It's probably negligible enough, like doesn't impact it enough that if you're going to forget to turn it on when you need it, you may as well leave it on all the time. If, however, you're disciplined enough, like I am not, (laughs) I think I would forget. I just don't think image stabilization when I'm starting to enter into that low light scenario. And maybe I need to practice that better. Maybe I need to listen to my own words and incorporate this into my workflow so that I think, oh, I should turn on image stabilization now. But if you're going to forget, leave it on all the time, if you can remember, yeah, I think it's probably worth, especially in those higher shutter speed, got plenty of light kind of scenarios, to flick it off, if you think you can remember. That's how I would suggest and recommend you handle it, but you need to decide for yourself, how are you going to deal with this? Knowing that there's a chance that you might miss on some photos if you leave it on 
in the situations where you don't need it. You got to decide what you think you want to do. How do you do your shooting? Do you, are you frequently in those kind of iffy low light scenarios where you're going to be in the shutter speed ranges that are cause a problem or not? If your shooting never gets you there, don't turn it on. If, uh, if you think you're there a lot, if you're a portrait photographer who's meeting families and taking pictures at uh, dusk routinely, yeah, you might want to just leave it on. Leave it on all the time so you, you have a better guarantee that you're going to get sharp focus in those situations where it's actually going to help you. And it can really, really help you. It can be a tremendous aid in being able to get sharp photos in much lower light than you would without it. All right, there you go. There's my thoughts on the topic. I'm excited to hear what your thoughts are in our Facebook group. And uh, as always, I want to remind you about improvephotography.com. The mothership, the website out there has wonderful resources. I've read some articles just this last week that really were awesome for me. I learned a lot and I'm. it's actually impacting my editing and workflow and uh, it's really a great resource. You need to be checking out improvephotography.com every single day. Check out the other portraits or uh, other podcasts too in the Improved Photography Network. There's portrait sessions, there's tripod, and there's the Improved Photography Podcast. I was on there last week. We had a lot of fun talking about some topics out there. Really great to, uh, to go and listen to those podcasts as well. All right, that's it for me this week. I hope you liked the episode. Remember, subscribe and share, and we'll see you in another seven days. Views expressed on this program by independent host guests and callers do not necessarily reflect their views of improved photography LLC or its advertisers. Some links mentioned on this program are affiliate links where a commission is earned. Olay!